0: In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I think you've heard me say before that Christian Century magazine is one of my regular reads as I prepare for a sermon. And sometimes the reflections that are offered stick with me for a long time. I remember this story written by a young woman named LaDonna Sanders Ngozi who's the planting pastor for a a gathering place, The Gathering Place, in Chicago. She's also founder and international director of Ubuntu Global Village Foundation, and now is director of intercultural ministries for the Church of the Brethren, and she was ordained in the Church of the Brethren. She tells a story about herself growing up in a small town in Missouri She remained active in her church through her college years and sang faithfully in the church choir. And one night after choir practice, she left the choir and walked into the pulpit. And one of the elder women said to her, baby, you can't be in that pulpit. She didn't understand and yet complied with the elder and left the pulpit. A year later while in graduate school she visited her church again and attended a church business meeting. The church was filled to capacity. A deacon introduced the purpose for being there. It was a debate whether the current pastor could invite a woman to preach in that pulpit. A light bulb went off in LaDonna's head. That's why I had that strange comment last year after the choir rehearsal, she thought. In that meeting, people stood up passionately, one by one, debating why women should not be in the pulpit. Some, quoting scripture for and against men and women, pleaded that women should not be allowed to preach in that church. The debate split the church because the woman was invited to preach, despite the conflict. Years later, in seminary, LaDonna learned that her denominational tradition, that women have the potential to defile the pulpit. That night when LaDonna walked into the pulpit, some thought she had defiled the pulpit's sacred space. So she asked in her reflection, what does it mean to be a defiled person? In our gospel lesson, we hear Jesus and the Pharisees and some of the scribes having words. Even though the Pharisees and the teachers of the law questioned Jesus and his disciples, the disciples kept on doing their ministry. Jesus reminds them and us today that what comes out of us is what defiles our tongues and our words can hurt. In the Episcopal Church, we had many actions and hurtful words around the discussions of the ordination of women. I stand in this pulpit today grateful for the women who paved the way for me to be ordained and to have the privilege of preaching. I'm especially grateful for the privilege of preaching in this place, of St. Matthew's, uh, even though this is my last Sunday with you. You have the gift of Marissa returning next week, and how wonderful that will be for you all to be preaching. Marissa will be preaching in this pulpit next Sunday. Another woman who proudly serves as your rector and also stands on the shoulders of those early Episcopal women who made it possible for us to be ordained in our church. The road was not easy for those early women in our church, and yet they kept on listening to God and living into their calls, despite the words from their opposers. Jesus taught the disciples, for it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Familiar writer and theologian Henry Nouwen writes powerfully about the heart, and he says the following, The spiritual life has to do with the heart of existence. I find the word heart a good word. I don't mean it by it the seat of our feelings as opposed to the seat of our thoughts. By heart, I mean the center of our being, the place where we are most ourselves, where we are most human, where we are most real. In that sense, the heart is the focus of the spiritual life. Even though the disciples were being criticized for not following the laws, they went on about their ministry. And I imagine somehow that Jesus was angry on their behalf. We're missing some of the verses, which often happens in our lectionary, where Jesus explains more to the disciples and the Pharisees. Jesus and the disciples still Went on about their ministries. I'm reading a little book called Becoming Real and Thriving in Ministry by Sandra T. Montez. Montez has a doctorate in education and has taught in public schools for some 20 years, has been involved in multicultural and multilingual churches since childhood and gives a loving, clear-eyed critique and suggestions for our Episcopal Church on how to be better. She's been called a prophetic and fearless evangelist who loves God's people and loves God's church and offers some practical ways for churches to strive to be better. It's a fitting book as we look to what's next for the church and as we struggle to come out of the pandemic. And yes, I believe we will come out of it. I don't know when. It's thriving still, and yet we will come out of it. But what does it mean for us to be church now? Montez uses this powerful acronym called REAL, and she created it from observing and forming opinions about everything church-related for years She watched her dad teach by example and grow from being a layperson to a deacon to a priest and ultimately to be the rector of the first all Latino Episcopal parish in the United States, Ecclesia Episcopal San Mateo. Her research and experience led her to create REAL, R-E-A-L, simple word, which stands for Respectful Relationships Excellence, authenticity, and love. I'll give you a test on this afterwards. Montez is a gifted musician who early on noticed that she was not allowed to sing songs that she wrote in her own congregation because music was a man's job in her evangelical church. She and her family were part of the Christian Missionary Alliance Church, Until the late 1980s when they all found the Episcopal Church. Montez has sung at our Diocesan Convention. You may have seen her on screen and she's also sung at the General Convention. She was invited to sing along with her friend Jamie Graves and speak at the East Carolina Diocesan Convention in 2017. She decided then to expand her concept of this acronym real and after she spoke was encouraged to write this little book and it is a little book it's it's little and very readable and I do commend it to you to think about she invites people to use real as a framework for beginning any ministry and especially when working to include those who may not currently enter our church doors She explains that she uses real when talking about diversity, racial competence, and many other topics, and constantly calls people to look inside and outside of themselves and of their congregations or churches and see if they are being authentic and diverse. She offers real as a tool that she believes can transform someone's life and transform a congregation. And Jesus is threaded throughout the work even though Jesus's name is not part of the acronym. She says real would not be possible if Jesus were not at the center of it all. As Christians, everything we do is because of our love for Jesus and our obedience to love God above all, love our neighbor, and love ourselves. Jesus is the reason I can say that real can be life-changing. Montez readily admits that real is not a cure-all, and yet witnesses through story and experience how real has helped all of her relationships, commitments, and jobs, and ministries. Just as joining Jesus' initiatives in the Episcopal Church in Connecticut invite us to go out into the neighborhood and see what Jesus is up to in the neighborhood, she also invites us to get out into our neighborhoods and pay attention to the ways that Jesus is calling us now. She poses some very important questions in the beginning of her book, and they're, they're a little bit on the hard side, but they're these questions. Why would you want to put yourself out there with the possibility of being mocked or turned away? Why would you want to reach out to a different demographic than what is already in your church? Why would you risk losing people who are already in your church because they are people who are different in your surrounding community? Why open the doors to people who may not have the same educational background or financial stability as those in your pews? Why do all the work without any guarantee of success? I think all of these questions are food for thought as we look at church post-pandemic because they challenge us to listen for where God is calling us and it's all about being called to a new way of being. Love is the last piece of it and we all know that Bishop Michael Curry encourages us to think about love is the way. Montez offers practical ways of exploring real in a congregation. There's a chapter for each way of being, respectful relationships, excellence, authenticity, and love. And as a small group explores them or tries them on, there are devotional resources at the end of the little book with scripture, prayer, meditation, song, reflection questions, and an activity. Jesus and the Pharisees and some of the scribes were having words. Even though the Pharisees and the teachers of the law questioned Jesus and the disciples, the disciples kept on doing their ministry. Despite the critique of others, they kept on doing their ministry. Jesus reminds them and us today that what comes out of us is what defiles. Our tongues and our words can hurt Montez offers a new way of focusing on ministry where our tongues and our words and actions can heal and build relationships. I commend this little book to you from a prophetic and fearless evangelist who loves God's people and loves God's church. Let us pray with Montez's prayer on the topic of authenticity. Let us pray. God, Holy Spirit, we pray for a heart filled with humility as we seek to understand the vastness of your creation. We pray for a heart filled with honesty, patience, and discernment to look inside our souls and see our true selves. Help us to accept and love ourselves so we can love and celebrate all who surround us. Please hold us accountable as we seek to live in authenticity and truth. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.